towards this week's Dev in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. We've got two special guests on the show this week. We're joined by Heather Robinson and Craig Fisher, who is the head of Equality and Diversity at the club. Hello, both. Welcome to the show, Craig. Looking forward to talking all things Salford. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's going to be good fun uh, this ever talking all things about the things you do uh, at the club, the uh, learning disability rugby and all the other strands involved. Uh, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. So what we'll do, we'll start with you, Craig, and, and you can tell. Can you tell us how you got into into, into rugby league in this in this format? Um, yeah, so I just basically started off um, as a community rugby league coach, looking to get paid working professional rugby league. Um, I did some volunteer roles um, as a coach with um, Wigan, Warrington and then Salford, helping Danny Barton out on the Rising Stars camps for the foundation. Um, I got my first paid gig as a coach um, over at Wakefield Trinity. Um, I did that for about three or four years, um, but travelling up and down the M62 from Wigan every day got a bit onerous towards the end. Um, Part of my job at Wakefield was um, setting up um, the disability strands there, so um, learning disability, physical disability, um, which both absolutely rip roaring successes. I had a little bit of uh, work with the women and girls pathways, and then I launched the wheelchair team at Wakey before um, before I left, and I basically got headhunted by um, Neil Blackburn at the Salford Red Devils Foundation who wanted me to come in and do um, pretty much what I did at Wakey but at Salford so the chance to be a bit closer to home and also work with guys that you know I had a lot of time for and a lot of admiration for guys like Neil and Danny um, I just jumped at the chance of going back and helping the guys out at Salford. Yeah, obviously like you said you, you started it all at Wakefield. How, how big of a job was it to, 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 to get to Wakefield where they are now and how big of a job is it you think it'll be to get us to there too it's it's tough um i think the the various strands kind of dictate how difficult it's going to be i mean learning disability rugby league is quite an easy sell i always thought and setting that up was always easy um you can sell it really well to um you know the sen guys and the the sen schools and stuff like that so you your buying's pretty pretty easy but then when you get to like PDRL, um, you know, the physical disability side of things, it's, it's a niche sport. It's really niche. So trying to recruit for that is, is really tough. And then try, trying to convince people with physical disabilities that they can actually play, regardless of the, the disability, is another hurdle you've got to try and get over. But um, I was fortunate at Wakefield in the respect they had a, a team of really, really enthusiastic and dedicated volunteers as well. So um, once we finally got the teams up and running, it was more a matter of just overseeing the programmes and letting the letting the, the volunteers coach and manage the programme. And I just kind of oversaw it and just basically um, pandered to them and gave them what they wanted when they needed it. And I just took care of all the boring stuff. So... Um, I let the volunteers just enjoy the fruits of my work, I suppose. How did you get into into it, uh, Heather? Um, so I think I'm probably one of those people that Craig needed to persuade that I can play rugby. So I first decided that I, I couldn't play physical disability uh, rugby league and decided that I wanted to play rugby league. So I went to play wheelchair at Wigan. 
um, which I've been doing now for a few months and I've got my first game on Saturday, um, which I'm quite excited about. Um, and then um, one of my friends who plays physical disability at Wigan um, told me to just, you know, give it a go and then Salford for advertising. So I thought, well, if nothing else, I'll, you know, be throwing a ball around and, you know, it's, it'll be okay. Um, so I went down and, and Craig was kind of like, no, if you want to put on a shirt, you can go and, and play. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll try it. It's fine. Um, and then I kind of just bought into what Craig was doing really at Salford um, and thought that it was a really interesting thing. And the way he explained to me about the, the LD side of it um, was that, you know, there's these guys who have never really had that experience of being within a team support or, you know, being able to even kind of choose who they spend time with outside of a school environment. And that that was really important to me. Um, and so I kind of, you know, attached myself to Craig and, and told him I wanted to come down and help. And I don't think he's been able to get rid of me since. So, it's, yeah. But with the, the PD side of it, um, you know, I'm still not convinced I can actually play. So um, I am going to give it a try. Um, and, it, you know, whatever comes of it, comes of it. I suppose it's experience as far as, you know, getting involved. It's, it's That's the, the first step, really, ever, isn't it? You know, taking that first step and, and, and seeing if you can, uh, you know, uh, sort of take all the all the things that come with playing rugby. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I um, I've, wasn't disabled from birth. So I think there's a lot of people who go into the PD side of it who are maybe disabled a little bit later in life. So, you know, we get a lot of veterans, a lot of um, people who have kind of acquired their disability. So I fall into that category. So um, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 17 and that's um, when I became disabled. So my only experience of kind of playing rugby was prior to that. Um, and obviously, you know, as a 15, 16 year old girl, there wasn't really that many opportunities to play rugby back then. Um, which is obviously changing now due to the great work that, you know, Salford and um, other clubs are doing. Um, but I kind of fell into this category where I wasn't disabled enough for many sports, but then I was too disabled for other sports. So I just think the PD comes and fits into that bracket really well and gives people who kind of maybe aren't wheelchair users but do have a physical disability an opportunity to play a team sport that they may not otherwise have had. Obviously, we talk about the, the physical disability rugby league part. Mm. It does, obviously, with the Paralympics, there's different categories, isn't there, for, for, for you know, how sort of disabled a person is. Is, is it the same yeah. in rugby league or is it just everyone who wants to get involved can play? Yeah, so we do have, I think that's a fairly recent thing that's come about, the, the categorising people based on kind of level of, of their disability, where their disability is, which limbs impacted, you know, things like that. There's, you know, quite strict kind of rules especially with the world cup coming up now and so that it's kind of different to the way it works in the league to the way that it works internationally and so yeah it I mean it, I, it's not quite as complex as like the paralympics with the you know many many characters you know classifications but yeah there definitely is and i know craig was involved in one of the the classification days that they had down in wales was it quite recently yeah well, we've had a classification days up since Half my team went up to Halifax for it. They've travelled from Port Talbot over to Halifax to be classified. But recently, I've just been holding like training sessions just for the international team. So yeah, 
yeah, Craig, you, you talked about the sort of the difficulties in sort of getting sort of the, the players involved in the process. Obviously, is it through schools or is it through groups? How, how do you sort of immediately get that link? I mean, in terms of the LD, um, the learning disability side of things, it's been, it was a slow burner, I'll admit, from, from its inception back in August. No, I had the same lad just turning up every week and couldn't get rid of him. And he just kept on turning up and he, he kept on turning up every week and joining in our walking rugby league programme that John Blackburn runs, which is brilliant. And we just kept him interested until more people arrived. And I went and did a bit of delivery inside Oakwood and Chatsworth High School. And we managed to acquire a couple of players from there. And then a bit of word spread, really. And Community Integrated Care, that's um, the principal sponsor of the Learning Disability Super League, kind of referred a service to us, Griffin Lodge over in uh, Cheadle. And quite a lot of their service users now uh, come to our sessions and play for our team. So it kind of, it, like I say, it was a slow burner to begin with. But then within, like, about two or three weeks, it was like you went from four to twenty turning up at training sessions. So it was it's, it's really it's really good that 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 happened. And um, obviously, we're doing the right things, myself and Heather at training sessions because they seem to be they seem to be coming back every week. So since the 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 launch of the team and. Obviously, we played at Wakefield the other day. We've had a few more expressions of interest come in, so it's it's going to grow. Confident of that, so yeah, it's really good in terms of PD. I mean, I've managed to wangle in a couple of me me players from South Wales to come and play for Salford, and then obviously people have seen ad- advertisements from the foundation asking for players. So we have picked up a couple of players that way as well, and then Charlotte Kershaw, who's been helping me out with the. PD set up. She's been sending people from her service, which uh, Mind to Muscle, which deals with people with neurological conditions, and they've been signposted to our group. They've been enjoying the sessions, so it's it's building slowly but surely. But we could do with more and more people coming in. Yeah, I suppose, Craig. It's important. Obviously, there's the word of mouth. There's links. My son's sort of artistic, so you know there is schools in the area uh, that that. Obviously, if if you know you can connect with it and and they buy into it, can provide players who who might want to play. Absolutely, hundred and ten percent. Yeah, um, Oakwood are really really behind the program and um, Chatsworth as well because obviously we've got a couple of those students that come and play for us and that's great and they are really behind it and obviously. I also, uh, because I work for the foundation, I'm, I'm sent. My central base is the the college, so I deliver every Wednesday. I deliver a rugby league session to our SEND group there. We usually get about 20, 20 or so kids just accessing the the, um, the sessions, which is really good to see. And then I've started to signpost them towards um, our, our Tuesday night sessions as well, which has been brilliant. So they've been turning up, and like I say, he has. Yeah, it started off as a bit of a slow burner, but we've got them. We've got them coming in numbers now. And it's great to see. Yeah, like you said on Sunday, Heather, the the, play, the learning disability team played at Wakefield. How exciting was that for for you uh, and and the team? Um, I think I was probably the most excited on that bus. I don't think I shot up all the way to Wakefield, and <laughs> um, you know. Poor Craig, I had to sit next to him all the way there. And but they the guys were absolutely buzzing the the whole way there and, and the parents were telling us that you know they 
not stopped talking about it. They were telling their teachers that they were playing and they were so, so excited. And then, you know, I was sat with them like throughout the first half of the game and they were, they were just all ready. They were sat there in their shirts. They were like, they kept asking me, you know, when they were going on and, you know, every time like something stopped in the game, they'd, they'd stand up because they wanted to get on, on the pitch and they wanted to go down. And then, you know, when they finally got on the pitch, they they were just the most excited people ever that I'd ever seen. They loved that game. And I think, as you saw, we had a few of the, the Wakefield players play for us. You know, they wouldn't wear Salford shirts, but they still, you know, played as though they were Salford players. And they, you know, everyone just celebrated everyone's achievement on that day. And then to hear the, the Salford fans cheering for them, and the Wakefield fans cheering for them, you know, they were so, so happy. And you know, equally, some of the parents who never thought that they'd get to see their kids doing things like that were so happy and were texting us after it and, you know, all the way home on the bus. They, they, it was just these those experiences that they never think that they're going to get that is so important for them. And to, you know, spend time at a rugby game with their peers, you know, just to do that, you think is a normal activity. But for them, it's not necessarily something that they get the opportunity to do all the time and you know they absolutely loved it they had the, the photos taken they you know people were like shaking their hands and giving them high fives and we had our first disability try scored you know by one of the players ben who was just absolutely buzzing and he's not necessarily someone that speaks a lot to you um and he, he's normally a very very quiet but all the way home he was you know talking and you just couldn't shut him up, you know, the, the whole drive home. So it, it was so worth it. Yeah, it gives them a lift on it, obviously. And, that, and that's what I, I think you, you're in it for, the, the, you know, the joy it brings them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, absolutely. And I don't I don't think I fully understood that until I saw that um, on at Wakefield. And I don't think I kind of fully got it. And then that, you know, for how the... You know, everyone reacted to them and how they reacted to, to other people just, you know, really kind of blew my mind. And it was just such a, an amazing experience for for me to see how happy they were and how, you know, they felt as though they were, you know, behaving in a completely normal manner and doing things that, you know, every like 17 year old kid does was, you know, just the best feeling. Yeah, my, my son's the same. Uh, not about rugby, but other things. And, and mm-hmm. you can see his light, his face light up and he, and he just wants to sort of get involved. And as a parent, it kind of makes your heart kind of like beat that little bit more for him. Yeah. I, I you know, I completely got, obviously I'm not their parent and I'm, no. you know, but it's, it was just so great just seeing them so happy and seeing, you know, like, I don't know if you saw one of the lads, Jamie, who, you know, ran like the whole length of the pitch um, and scored like, I think he scored maybe two or three tries, but you know he you you couldn't have stopped him running. I think that if there hadn't have been a wall there, he'd have you know been over and into the the fans at some point. And he was so happy about that. And his dad said that they couldn't shut him up either when they got him home. So you know to have someone them feel that passionately about something and and that makes them that happy is is amazing. Yeah, it's like you say because as a as a parent of of an autistic child, it's kind of like when you get that sort of access and, and you know, people invest in, in them, um, it means the world. So obviously I just want to kind of say, you know, thanks for what you do. Obviously you're not doing it for my child, but you're doing it for other someone else's child. So it means the world really. Uh, I mean, from my side, it makes me happy as well. So, you know, I, 
you know, I want to do it because I, I see the, the pleasure that they get out of it. But then, you know, it's probably, I, like I think probably Sunday was one of the best days I've had in, in a very, very long time. I was probably the happiest I've been in a, a very, you know, ages. And, you know, on a Tuesday night, I think that is probably one of the best nights of my week. And I look forward to doing that. It's not, it's not a chore. In, by any stretch of the imagination it is it is an amazing session yeah there's more good times to come Craig there's, there's festivals organised throughout the season Magic Weekend as well it's a great time uh, you know for, for the club uh, and the sport yeah massive and like I say we kick off our, our festivals on, on Sunday in Warrington at Vicky Park um, which will be massive 22 teams I think it's 16 different foundations so that's going to be that's going to be a fun day by all and then, um, obviously, the big sell for my, my players, what they're all buzzing for, is um, St James's Park, Newcastle. You know, 50,000 fans or so. And um, getting to be a part of that experience as well is going to be huge for them. I mean, I've been a rugby league fan for more years than I care to mention, but I, I've never actually been to a Magic Weekend. So this is going to be my first opportunity to go to a Magic Weekend and actually... You know, taking the taking the atmosphere and even better, yeah, I'll be taking it in and co- coaching my mob of uh, merry men. So yeah, it should be a good one. What what age do you take them from, Ever? Um, so we welcome. There's it's kind of any age really that's uh, that's welcome. So it's it's the same across all of the um, the disability rugby league. We well, you know, under 18s are very welcome to join us and. You know, any anyone, and they don't need you know any experience playing rugby league or have even been to a game or, or anything like that. It's about having fun and spending that time outdoors with your friends, really, rather than you know the actual rugby league part of it. I think my might bring my son down. Then you say Tuesday, is it Eccles College? Tuesday, Tuesday seven to eight. Is... Tuesday seven to eight, Eccles College. Brilliant. Yeah, I think about. It. I might might bring him down to see what. I, I took him to uh, Langwith Reds once, and they you know they were okay with him. Uh, really, but it was like uh, it was uh, you know with mainstream kids, and he, you know, I, like there, there is a difference, and unfortunately, but like I said, now this has come along, it might be it might be worth bringing him down and see what he can what you can do, and what magic you can produce, uh, Heather. With him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely bring him down. We're on the Astro Turf at the back. Um, so just, you know, bring them along if you want to come along on Sunday as well and just, you know, watch what's going on and, you know, meet us. That's absolutely fine too. Um, so yeah, just, just let us know. Cool. So to give us a little bit of a rundown on, on the, on the rules, Heather, what, you know, what, what's the sort of the basics that, that, that we need to know? So the first thing you need to know about the, the learning disability side of it is that it's, it's non-competitive. So we do play games, obviously, um, and, you know, we score tries in the same way and, and all that kind of good stuff. But we don't kind of have a league in the same way that you might expect in kind of a standard Super League. And it's all about having fun and playing that game. And it's really, everyone is, is so supportive of each other. So you might have noticed in the game at the weekend, you know, the other team might let someone through or might support someone to get to a point. It's very much based on kind of the tag rugby, so that the more of the touch rugby. So you will have seen the guys wearing the tag belts. So they have to wear the, they have the two tags on the tag belts. So basically when they're tagged, they take up a tag and they shout tag. And then they hand back the tag to the person and then they will play the ball. Play the ball is, you know, you can either play the ball as, as we know it in the standard game or 
you know, they don't need to make contact with the ball to play the ball. One of the biggest rules probably that you might notice is that if there is a forward pass or is a knock-on, uh, it just goes back to the team that either knocked on or, or did a forward pass. It wouldn't be handed over or a penalty or anything like that, but it would count as, as one of the tackles. So that is probably one of the other ones. I'm trying to think what other rules you would want to know about. Uh, we are allowed to have a... So within the team, we are allowed to have two facilitators who are on the field at 10. So they are probably, uh, they, they are there not to kind of like take over the game, but they're there to kind of make sure that the, the game keeps moving and keeps running. But primarily it is kind of there for the guys with the learning disabilities and, and associated conditions to be able to have that experience on the pitch and so on the field uh, the weekend you will see Keith who's one of our players dads he was acting as a facilitator because he wanted to be on there to support his son who he felt you know may not cope in that environment without that which you know is absolutely fine and that's what the facilitator is there for we have unlimited substitutions uh, going on so we can kind of switch out as much or, or as little as we need to Craig any I've missed there. The only thing I can think of, there's no kicking. There's no kicking involved. Yeah, it's just it's six tackles. Like I say, yeah, you just rip a tag off and you tackle. That's that's it in a nutshell, really. It's quite it's quite standard, but um we we get the best uh, results from it in terms of player experience. Yeah, I did. I did read about that facilitator's role, and I thought it was great. Conversation. It keeps the game going, doesn't it, Craig? And and I think it's a key role, really. Like, like Heather said, obviously there's, there's, there's people on that field and need that support as well. So I think it's a great sort of an important role in the whole process, really. Yeah, I mean Keith, who's uh, Ben's dad, he's our, our facilitator for Ben, and um, yeah, he's just he just lives and breathes it now. He's really, really bought into what. The LDSL is and what it does for his son. And yeah, Keith's role is probably as important as anyone else's on that pitch. And uh, yeah, we, we'd probably be lost without the fella. He's done, he's done really well. Yeah, and obviously we were trying to grow the, the physical disability rugby league as, as well. Ever obviously, you know we've we've got the learning disability rugby league going. Hopefully, the physical disability rugby league can, can grow as well. Uh, yeah, completely agree. Um, for that, I think as Craig said before, it's a very niche kind of area. So we're kind of looking for players who have a physical disability, but you know still want to be able to play rugby. Um, you know might still be able to take tackles. Um, because in physical disability rugby league, we have players who can't take tackles we have players who can take tackles so if you're under 18 you're automatically precluded from taking a tackle if you're female you, you can't be tackled um as well and then you wear red shorts to kind of donate that um that you can't be tackled so it is kind of very like specific almost things that we're kind of looking for but you know we know that there are people out there who want to play rugby league and who you know may have they may have like sight difficulties or, or some you know hearing loss or they may have other disabilities that um may you know that they can still play rugby league and i think one of the most famous ones we're seeing at the moment is the warrington wolves team and yeah. you know they've got people on their team who have got like limb differences and you know they're still able to, to play the game and they're still able to get tackled and um you know the, there's some people who have kind of you know long-term different medical conditions which still qualify them 
Um, again, on the physical disability team, we are permitted to have able-bodied players on, on the field. So the one thing I'd say about that is if you're not sure and you don't know whether you'd qualify, just you know, get in touch with Craig and speak to him and see what what he says. And, you know, if you don't necessarily qualify, you might want to come down and, and still have a game with us and, you know, play as, as able-bodied in the future. What other clubs are involved in this, Craig? In terms of the PDRL, well, yeah. um, obviously you've got Warrington, which is massive. We've got the Wigan Warriors. Leeds Ryan also got a PDRL side. Castleford Tigers have got one. Wakefield Trinity, obviously. They did try and sort one out in uh, North Wales with North Wales Crusaders, but uh, I think they're trying to restart that. I'm trying to think of others that were involved in it. Sean Newcastle Thunder tried to sort one out. I know St. Helens haven't got one yet. And obviously, Soft Red Devils are going to have one, so yeah. that's good. But um, you, you see, it's going to grow and grow this. Obviously, how is it a how big of a timescale are you looking at to, to see how far this can grow? Is it like short-term, 12 months, or do you think in five years' time, it will be every, every club will get one? I'd like to think within the next five years. I think, I think the World Cup is going to play a big part in the growth of the sport. Now... I think once we get the exposure off that, I, I would like to think and hope that within the next five years, every Super League uh, foundation's got one. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's the hope anyway. Um, it's definitely something I wanted to drive forward when I got to Salford was the PDRL side of things. Obviously being heavily invested in it myself as a call, it just seemed, it seemed like the, the one variant I really wanted to get off the ground and make a success of. I suppose that's the important thing is it obviously making it a success. It's sorry successful now, uh, really, but the sky's the limit, really, uh, Heather, when, when when you look at it. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think it's important to be successful with the, the PDRL, and I think it's important for it to be successful at Salford because it's such a massive thing to have that team. Like Craig mentioned then, not every Super League team um, has one at the moment. So it's really important that that we can get this up and running and we can get started with it and it you know we can get it to at least the, the same level as the ld yeah or other different strands as well which we've talked about uh sort of wheelchair rugby league uh, i'd be another opportunity for, for people in wheelchairs to, to, to get involved heather obviously you know that's a that's something to look forward to uh yeah so i think um, the reason that I play at Wigan is because we don't have one at Salford and that was one of the first things that I said to Craig when I came to, to play at Salford with the PD team is that, you know, when are we going to get a, a wheelchair team and we are, you know, hopefully it's going to be something that we move towards and we, we do get that. Wheelchair is a really, really interesting facet of, of rugby league. Able-bodied people can play alongside uh, non-able-bodied people and I think that there's not many sports around the world where you can say that where it doesn't kind of matter the way what disability you have or don't have you can still play together on the same court and you're at the same level you know obviously there are rules about how many disabled people you can have playing at one time and how many able-bodied people and then they make allowances uh, for certain disabilities and and you know uh, impairments I think that you don't get many teams, um, team sports, where it doesn't kind of matter in a way whether you are disabled or not disabled. With the wheelchair rugby league, I watched, was it, I think it was, was it England and France. 
I think. And I, I tell you now, they don't they don't mess about. It was it was you know serious contact. It's it's an amazing sport. My mum won't come and watch. No, she she's refused point blank to, to do it. But it yeah, it it's brilliant. It's you know probably one of the the most fun things. And I'd say to to anyone to to come down and give it a go. You know, once we get that set up at Salford, you know, give that a try because it, it is amazing fun. Even you know if you don't intend to to carry it on and and play with the team, it's it is something that is definitely worthwhile doing. Yeah, Craig, and it's obviously it's important. Obviously, linking up to, to the sort of the community it gives people in the community uh, sort of something to, to drive towards. Uh, and it's re- obviously it's really important. Obviously, the people of Salford who were you know interested in this get involved. Yeah, I mean, this is part of the reason why I wanted to get involved and you know drive every single strand of rugby league there is. To the to the community, speaking to Paul King when we launched the women's team, he said, "You know, this is a a community team. This is a community club, and I want the community to buy into everything." I, I was well on board with that, and I, I, I knew when I launched the women's team, when I launched um, learning disability, when I launched PD, I wanted it to be for the community of Salford to reach out to because whatever. The community wants there is there is something there for them. Whether it be the first team or it would be the women's team, wheelchair, um, physical disability, learning disability, walking rugby league. You know there is there's something there for everyone, and so easy to access. I just don't think people know how to access it. Contact me at the foundation, or contact the foundation, and we'll point you in the right direction. It's there for you to access. Yeah, talking about the, the the ladies team, they've they've started off very very well. Uh, you know, I think they're unbeaten. Oh, no, they've lost to Wigan, didn't they? But they've been playing some fantastic sort of a, sort of rugby. The 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 te- people on the terrace are behind them. Uh, you know, it's it's a fantastic thing. This massive, yeah. When when I got to Salford and spoke to Neil Blackburn about it, the vision was very much like the club want uh, a women's team. We're, we're, we at the foundation are going to drive it and we need you to back it up. And I went, yeah, yeah, no problem. I mean, I've had a lot of help along the way from the foundation. Neil's been a great help. And then I've had Sam uh, Sam Bardsley from the foundation, Marcel at the club. Uh, she's been absolutely brilliant in helping get this set up. And then to get coming to work one day, like, Literally, we we launched the team on uh, minutes after the Challenge Cup final, or sorry, the grand final, and going to work 24 hours later to 70 expressions of interest saying that we want to come and play for this team. I was just absolutely blown away by it. And then um, we got this, we got the squad in place, and there's been it's just it's been a whirlwind, and for the right reasons as well. Um, I think the girls deserve every bit of attention that they're getting but the good thing but the the thing that worried me but the thing that's not worrying me now is for all that attention that they're getting and all that media hype they're backing it up on the pitch yeah uh and my god they're backing it up which is absolutely brilliant so i've I've no complaints I'm, i'm very very proud of that um that variant taking off as well as it has done and obviously there's a plan in place to get um a girl's pathway and um, a tie-in with the um, the development. So we're trying to run a dual development academy from the college. So we're running a boys and girls section at the college. That'd be that 
be the vision as well. And that's looking more and more like a reality now because of the the exposure, the impact that our girls have made. Yeah, obviously, us on the podcast and, and Salford City Radio Sports on will obviously promote them the best we can, promote all the things that the club do. And that's, I think that's important, obviously, that the club continue to to back you uh, and promote you because obviously it feeds into that interest and people out there who who will watch the the, the clips of the tries and, and the stories they put out uh, and want to get involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, like I say, the, the, with the women's team, I mean, you, you can see all these highlight reels of how well they're doing. I mean that that referee cam. <laughs> I wasn't a big I wasn't a big fan of it at the time, but uh, everyone else seems to jump right right on board that. But that was a great way just seeing first hand pitch, you know pitch side view of uh, of the action going on, seeing what our girls can do. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that referee could even keep up with Lucy McKeel. <laughs> yeah. but he did he did all right, didn't he? So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just great and. You know, being able to see these girls in action, uh, it's it's just an exciting time for the club now, I think. Really exciting. Where, where do you see it in five years' time? The women's side. All of it. Uh, I'd like, in an ideal world, me being me, being a bit of a, bit of a dreamer, I suppose, I'd like to see the women's team established in Super League. I'd like to have a, a women and a girls' pathway. And like I say, the um, the development academy that ties in with the college, that'd be fantastic. Because we want to provide girls with opportunities to uh, potentially become the next Lucy McKeon, the next Louise Fellingham, the next Darcy Price. You know, um, so you know, we want them we want them aspirational figures to kind of um, give hope to these these girls that are coming through. Into that be that be the dream in terms of women's rugby league, especially. Um, in terms of learning disability, you know, just keep driving them numbers up, keep keep people coming to the sessions. I know, I'm very confident once they once they expose we're exposed to them sessions once they'll always come back. Um, so just keep on building steadily and managing the expectations of the people that are coming to our sessions and PDRL. Get a team on the pitch and let's win a grand final. No pressure, Heather. I absolutely think we can do it. Um, and. The same with the wheelchair. I think, you know, we'll get the wheelchairs and we will, you know, we'll get to that point as well where we're, you know, beating the likes of the Wigan and the Leeds and, you know, all the bigger, the teams that are out there and getting to the grand final there and providing players to go into the national teams as well and providing players that are from Salford and who have these amazing people in Salford to look up too because I think you know that's one of the things that we we didn't have for so long is those you know the the women we didn't have those aspirational figures to look up with and up to and I fell out of love with rugby league for a little bit because I couldn't see myself in anything that was was going on within the club or the players or, or who who was being represented whereas now we're going to get these people that they can look up to and go well, no actually I want to be like them and they see that that person is there and it's just so important for people to be able to see as kids especially to see who is is out there and who they can be like when they grow up tell you it's been an amazing chat really enjoyed it and uh, you know continue to let us know what's going on and we'll, uh, we'll obviously continue to let the world know will do no problem next up we'll see what's going on in the world of rugby league with Paul Whiteside
Here is this week's Devil in Detail Amateur Report and Life Outside Super League and Life Down Under, as we mention now every week as well. So we've got quite a bit to get through. We'll start off with Amateur Rugby League and the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division, they were beaten at home to Hunslet Club Parkside by 22 points to 18, trailing 16-6 at the break. Mayfield came back in the second half at Hunslet Club Parkside and almost got the victory. So defeat for Mayfield, they lost 18-22. In Division 1, Inns Rosebridge 32, Saddle Rangers 12. In Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's 20. 26 seat and ranges 18. Waterhead Warriors had a good win though. They won away from home at Shawcross Sharks by 40 points to 14. The fixtures for this week, Saturday the 9th of April, it's Lock Lane against Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Feverson Lions. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Andrew at home to Lee East and Waterhead Warriors are at home to Bentley. We're moving on to the North West Men's League. Division 1, it was Berry Broncos nil, Dalton 38, Folly Lane 30, Askham 20. In Division 2, Caddyshead Rhinos 46, Roos Pioneers 12. In Division 4, South and East, Burtonwood Chargers 18, Higginshaw 20, Waterhead Warriors A29, Oldham St. Anne's A14. In Division 5, Bolton Mets 14, Liverpool St. Helens 38. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 9th of April. In Division 1, Hindley face Folly Lane. Bury Broncos are at home to Hares Finch. In Division 2, West Bank Bears play West Horton Lions. Pilkington Rex A are at home to Caddies and Rhinos. And Wigan St. Pat's A are at home to Salford City Roosters. In Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to Witness Moorfield Tigers. Division 4, South and East, Burton Wood Bridge are at home to Oldham St. Anne's A. Higginshaw face clock face Miners A. Langwith Reds are at home to Burton Wood Chargers. In Division 5, Ashton Bears A face Bolton Mets. Preston and South Rubble Rabbitohs at home to Tameside Knights. We're moving on now to the President's Cup. Uh, there were some games involving our uh, UK Armed Forces, Police and uh, the Great Britain Teachers and the University as well in the President's Cup at the weekend has gone. It was UK Armed Forces 52, Great Britain Police nil. The England University is 32, Great Britain Teachers 12. The fixtures for the rest of the tournament on Wednesday the 27th of April, England University is face Great Britain Police and Great Britain Teachers face UK Armed Forces. They're both at Lock Lane and on Wednesday the 25th of May... It's Great Britain Police against Great Britain Teachers, England Universities versus the UK Armed Forces, and both those games will be played at Lee Minor Rangers, so we'll keep you updated with those when they happen. We're moving on now to uh, Down Under, over to the NRL in Australia. It was... Round four over there, and these are the scores. Gold Coast Titans beat the West Tigers in a real tight affair, eight points to six, that one finish. Corolla Sharks, 18, Newcastle Knights, nil. New Zealand Warriors, 20, Brisbane Broncos, six. Manly Seagulls, 25, Canberra Raiders, six. North Queensland Cowboys, four, Sydney Roosters, 28. Melbourne Storm, 44, Canterbury Bulldogs, nil. Pen- Parramatta Eels, 48, St. George Illawarra, 14. And the Penrith Panthers, they continue their good run. They beat South Sydney Rabbitohs by 26 points to 12. The fixtures for this weekend in round five, it gets underway on Thursday. Newcastle Knights face Manly Seagulls. Friday, it's New Zealand Warriors against the North Queensland Cowboys. Brisbane Broncos face Sydney Roosters. On Saturday, Canberra Raiders are at home to Melbourne Storm. South Sydney Rabbitohs face St. George Illawarra Dragons. Gold Coast Titans are at home to Parramatta Eels. And finally on Sunday, it's Cronulla Sharks against West Tigers and Canterbury Bulldogs against the Penrith Panthers. 
Well, the weekend just gone. It was Betfred Championship Round 7. Barrow Raiders 18, Batley Bulldogs 30. Featherstone Rovers continue their good run. They beat Sheffield Eagles by 44 points to 18. Halifax Panthers 46, Whitehaven 24. Lee Centurions 44, Dewsbury Rams 0. London Broncos 6, Bradford Bulls 8. Workington Town 18, York City Knights 44. In the Betfred League 1 Round 2, Hunslet 22, Oldham 22, Keithley 26, Doncaster 6, Midlands Hurricanes 16, Swinton Lions 54, North Wales Crusaders 62, Cornwall 22 and West Wales Raiders 12, Rochdale Hornets 52. The fixtures for this week then, Betfred Challenge Cup quarterfinals it's Hulkingston Rovers against Casford Tigers, that is a 7.45 kickoff on Friday night, there's two um, quarterfinals on Saturday, Catalan Dragons face St. Helens, that's half past two and Huddersfield Giants face Hull FC at five o'clock also on Saturday, it's the 1895 Cup playoff between Sheffield Eagles and Whitehaven. That's at the Millennium Stadium, Featherstone at 2 o'clock. In Betfred League 1 on Saturday, London Scholars are at home to North Wales Crusaders. On Sunday, the 10th of April, it's Wakefield against Wigan in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. That's at half past two. Bradford Bulls play Barrow Raiders in the Championship at 3 o'clock. And the rest of the games are in Betfred League 1 at 1 o'clock. It's Cornwall against the Midlands Hurricanes. The rest of them are all at 3 o'clock. Doncaster face Swinton, Oldham face West Wales Raiders and Rochdale Hornets are at home to Hunslet. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall see you hopefully at uh, Warrington on Easter Thursday as Salford face the Warrington Wolves. Take care and have a good week. So what we'll do now, we'll look at all the, uh, the big news coming out of the club this week. So we're joined by uh, Paul Whiteside, who's just uh, managed to get on now after keeping the economy going uh, this tonight. Paul, uh, been a busy night for you? Yeah, you know it is. Rob's always always busy on that, but uh, no, I'm, I'm here now to have a chat with you and uh, sound like you're doing a good job tonight, mate, and good guests on and uh, and good chat as always, Paul. Yeah, it's been fascinating, really, really insightful. Um, obviously, we've got a great lot of lot of lot of news going on at the club as well. We need to remind people the AJ Bell is now cashless. Uh, so obviously home games uh, Heather now you're going to have to use your card to, to pay uh, for the refreshments yeah I, I didn't pay for my refreshments anyway no, it's my dad's job I did <laughs> people do obviously yeah it's the obviously the, the, do you think it makes much of a difference sort of Craig you know being cashless the stadium now to support us um, I think it's a lot easier <laughs> it's a lot easier isn't it I think the yeah. uh, thing is you, you I, I'm I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I don't I don't personally like using the contactless uh, system because I was afraid of it. I'm spending way more than I should be doing. Uh, but I can see the logic behind it. Absolutely. You're a bit like that, you Paul. You you know you're you're uh, you like the cash in your hand. Yeah, you should always have a bit of cash in your pocket, shouldn't you? You <laughs> don't know when you when you're going to use it. But yeah, it, I suppose it's easier, isn't it, with, with contactless and that. But I suppose when you're using your card and that you. You can sometimes you just it's dead easy to just tap your card. Like you don't realise how much you spend. It's like when you go for a night out and that now it's all tapping and you don't realise until the next day how much you've actually spent. So so yeah, yeah, I don't know, it moves with the times and I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's what that's what sport is. I suppose it needs to be uh I suppose the facilities as well. Uh, Heather, it's it's about you know being great for for everybody really, and I suppose cash is is one of them uh, different strands you have to think about. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think that it can be a bit of a, a, an issue for you know people who don't want to use or, or can't use the the cashless options so i do think it, it does exclude some people from you know purchasing things you know i, I kind of don't want to say that it's one section of society but you know especially like some older people might not feel comfortable with that kind of thing or you know we 
sort of certainly kind of I was brought up with you know don't use your card below a certain amount so it feels strange to do contact less for you know your, your drink or so yeah I do think it does feel a little bit awkward and it also kind of sometimes takes away from some of the charity things that that the um that we're trying to do so you know people used to go around with buckets and stuff like that you're not going to have that change in your pocket necessarily anymore to you know buy the raffle tickets or put into the the collection tins so i do think it, it impacts there as well so i don't necessarily think it's the the best move to to have a completely cashless stadium but I, you know i do get why they've done it yeah i have to see how it plays out obviously they'll in the next uh, bank holiday Monday, if it's the next home game, so we'll, we'll see what what happens uh, there. Next bit, next bit of news: Salford Devils ladies are through to the next round of the, the league uh, cup. Uh, they will face Illingworth Craig. Uh, it'd, be a, it'd be a tough contest, that. Yeah, I, I think you know we're getting to the business end of things now in this cup competition. You know, there's going to be no easy wins. I think the girls are very, very much um, aware of that as well. Now, you know, we can't really take anything for granted. I think um, sticking eighty points on these lot might not be, you know, might not be as easy as everyone thinks. So, um, you know, I think me personally, I'm quietly confident the girls can get the job done. But um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're under no illusions that it's going to be a tough ask. You know, Illingworth are in the quarterfinals for a reason, so they must be a decent side. Yeah, they were due to play Alton, but Alton. Uh, I think beat Wakefield in the Challenge Cup last week. So, obviously, they couldn't find a fixture. So, we just obviously took their place, which is fine. Because, obviously, you know, I personally think after watching them against uh, Featherstone on the on the uh, the mobile video referee uh, camera, I think we were scared. I think, they, I think they went all the way trying to beat Wakefield uh, so they didn't have to play us, Craig. Um, uh, no comment. I, I know... <laughs> Uh, you know, we're we're doing everything we possibly can to keep that team grounded. Um, so, you know, it's one game at a time. Each game as it as it comes. You know, just got to play what's in front of you. Um, if we win by eight or we win by eighty, um, you know, we've we've got to take every game very very seriously. And I'm sure Chris Bates and Cole will be um, drumming that message home to the girls. Yeah, obviously, Heather, you know, the, the girl team is a massive success and it obviously it'll inspire sort of ladies and girls all over the, the city and all over the world to, to hopefully get involved. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that has come out of this, this women's team for me is is how, how good they are. And I think, you know, there was probably a, a healthy dose of scepticism around it when we, we first announced, announced we were doing it. Um, and I think you know one of the things that really stood out for me was I think it was on your Twitter um, like a few weeks ago and was it Paul Parkin that said that they were unreal and I think for, for someone that's seen you know I don't feel they don't know how old he is but you know that many teams over that many years play but him for him to still feel excited about you know that level of of competition and you know a female competition it you know it, they must be doing something absolutely right on that field um and you know i'm really excited that we've now got a women's team and we've got people that can be looked up to and we did see other super league teams having women's teams and we saw like you know your amy hardcastles and um all those other players coming out of like st helens so for us at salford to have that um and for even you know the the girls and boys and everyone at salford to have those people to look up to is is immense 
yeah, it's, it's amazing. Obviously, the you know there, there is a sort of de- demand to know sort of what's going on. Our top three sort of match reports and, and previews have been for the ladies, uh, you know, which is amazing, really, Paul. And you know, us fans have really got behind it, and sort of we're looking forward to, to to the success and the adventures to come. Yeah, we certainly are. And I mean, seems a while ago now since that first game against Swinton. The momentum's just built, really, hasn't it? We've been talking about the results every week and the performances. And like you're saying there before, hit the nail on the head, the way you say you just play what's in front of you. I think that's the way to do it now. You've got to keep the girls grounded, haven't you? But this is just going to snowball, I think. And, and we've said it, haven't we, about the, the, the fixtures for next season. Great playing friendly games and cup games, but the business is going to be next season when you get into the, 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 the championship and you're playing week in, week out for a, you know, for a goal to get promoted. So, uh, so yeah, I think they're just going to keep taking each game as it comes and just keep building. And I think the wins will keep coming. Yeah, other news, AJ Bell, ticket office times. A lot of people on Twitter asking about when it's open, when it's not. Mondays, uh, it's open 1pm till 8pm. Tuesday, Wednesday is 10am till 4pm. Thursday is 1pm till 8pm. And Friday is 10am till 4pm. Uh, Paul, so that's uh, that gives us a uh, that's our public announcement uh, for the uh, the ticket office this week. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I always forget when I go down for the tickets and that. <laughs> so there's it. usually there's usually a friendly lad on the desk who all this sorts us out if uh, if you get there at the wrong time. But but yeah, get down for your tickets. And I mean, the the Warrington game on the Thursday is going to be. Uh, going to be pretty exciting it going down for that one it, it, the Easter is a great time for rugby league isn't it it's a festival of rugby league at Easter and I love it I've been looking at the, the games on the television and you know I'm glad I've got good Friday off this this year so it's better we sit and watch the matches so uh, so yeah get down and get your tickets it should be exciting yeah other news Rising Star campaign is in Altrincham on the 11th of April between 10 and 12 uh, PM. It's for year seven, year eight, and year nine. Uh, Craig, uh, I think they were in Bolton and was it uh, Stockport this week? Obviously, trying to find the next uh, generation of, of of players. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's been a rip roaring success as well. I mean, Kevin Rayner, who's uh, kind of pushed that this program out, has done an absolutely amazing job. And you know, uh, these these development days are attracting some really big numbers and Altrincham's. Probably not an area that's, um, you know, a rugby league hotbed, is it, if you will. But me knowing Kev and the work that Kev can do uh, and the guys within the um, rugby league development side of things at the foundation, I'm sure they're going to have these kids converted to rugby league in no time. Yeah, it's super exciting, Heather. And obviously, you know, we talk about, you know, finding the, the, the sort of the next generation who want to come and play rugby. And, and you know, things like this, where you know, are, the club are able to do that and obviously other clubs have sort of similar things but if we can you know continue to do this three or five years time we'll have the we'll have the players to, to take us to that next level yeah and I think you know there's been a lot of talk um you know on Facebook about how other clubs have these these pathways that we don't have and you know why don't we have that but you know we definitely do have that now and we're definitely moving into a space where we have the, the youngsters coming through um, and they're able to to play for us um, as they move forward. Um, I think it's important to get them as young as, as as we can because whatever sport you get to first is usually the one that you stick with for your life and and the team that you stick with forever. And you know Salford used to do amazing things you know back in the nineties with getting kids into the Willows and and playing. And it, it's it's really good to see 
a lot of that coming back now. Yeah, and obviously, two two for old schools like me and you, Paul, it blows our mind on a regular basis how how much the club are doing now. It does, it, it does. It. I mean, for for far too long we didn't do enough, really, did we? We 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 sort of let things drift aside, and you know, back in in sort of the nineties and the, the late eighties when I first started going, you know, I wouldn't say we did loads of things, but. I was in junior reds the same as you was and, and that's how you got hooked. You went to the Christmas parties, you, you, you met the players and you got autographs and, and things like that. And These things seem to be coming back now, don't they? And, you know, getting children involved. I mean, how good was it the other week when we played uh, Leeds and the East Ham was full of kids and those kids just enjoyed themselves and the noise they made, it, it generated a fantastic atmosphere and you know that that's brilliant that we've got this pathway and we're getting children involved and I just think the club's been in, the, in the, the news for the right reasons this last few months. And we said it before, a few years ago, we, we was always a, a negative storyline behind the club, wasn't there? But at the moment, the, the positive energy that comes out is is tremendous. I know the, the men's team have had a few uh, dodgy results, haven't they, the last few weeks? But the rest of the stories that are coming out at the moment have been uh, have been great and been heartwarming. So, uh, you know, more, more of it to come. Yeah, other news. The club, uh, we've got this link up with, with Ghana. We've sent the, the Ghanaian coaches um, some, some, um, so we'll call it gear, yeah, for the, for them to, to to help sort of train uh, the players in Ghana. Um, Craig, it's great. We've got this link up, and, and it's really exciting times. Absolutely. I mean, um, global growth of the sport. I mean, you can't. It not, nothing better, really, is there? No. Um, other clubs have tapped into um, clubs in different countries as well. Um, but obviously, this uh, partnership that we have with Ghana is really beginning to bear some fruit now. Um, and I know there's talk of um, the coaches coming here and learning off our coaches, which is absolutely brilliant. And um, I think they'll do well to learn off our coaches as well. Because um, it's... I have always seen coaching as being a bit of a sharing environment. So, you know, if we can upskill coaches over the in the right way, I think the product you're going to get on the field over in Ghana is probably going to be a lot better than people give it actual credit for. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and long may it continue. The Ghanaian coaches were in Kenya uh, this week getting some uh, some sort of advice and, and training uh, Heather, do you fancy a trip to, to, to Kenya as a as a sort of a a, a two week swap? That'd be lovely. I'd, I'd have a lovely time. I'd, I'd yeah, be well in for that. I'm yep. not sure Craig wants to sit next to me on a flight that long though. <laughs> what do you reckon, Craig? You got a right to reply there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy being at home. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I, I don't I spend very little time at home as it is with with my job. So. Anytime I get to spend it with the wife and the kids is a bonus for me. So there's Paul King tapping away now. Two tickets, Kenya, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other news as well. Uh, Salford Red Devils uh, supporters trust, uh, Paul. They've got a quiz night on the 25th of April. You any good at quizzes? Yeah, not bad. Rugby league questions, I suppose. A bit of music and that. The rest of it, no, I'm not really. Maybe a bit of geography. Ask me anything else now, I'm probably clueless. I'm, I probably won't be much cop in a pub, to, a pub quiz teammate, to be honest with you. Ever watch your essay subject? Um, I don't, just general, I think. I'd love a pub quiz, but I'm a bit too competitive. Yeah, I'm Villa. That's, that's yeah, I get a bit angry. 
<laughs> we'll get a bit angry if you don't win. <laughs> exactly. Oh, not not that far. About you, about you, Craig. What's your what's your skill set when it comes to quizzes? Do you know what? I'm I'm, I'm pretty good on music. Oh yeah. Um, and I've got I, 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 I I'm not I'm not proud to um, say this, but anything that comes up about musicals, I can usually nail it because I, I grew up like watching musicals with my nan and granddad quite a lot. So anything to do with like musicals, I can I can usually get it right. So if you're interested and, and you want to get down to, to the uh, it's Salford Roosters on the 25th of April, £5 per person or 25 quid uh, if you've got six players in your team. You contact Nat on 07980 837056 and uh, organise your side. And, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, I might even try and get down myself. Paul, do you reckon we could get a, a podcast quiz team down there, do you reckon? What day is it? Is it Monday, that? Yeah, we, we might be able to sort something out. Parky be up for it as well. He's oh, pretty knowledgeable, isn't he, Parky? Parky was a bit older the, uh, than us, isn't he? I think he won like some Super League uh, quiz thing. So he, he's 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 going to be the 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 shark the shark the, in in our team. Yeah, he's a he's a clever fella on the quiet, isn't he? Yeah, it's Monday, twenty fifth Monday. We'll have to keep our eye out, mate. I'm sure we can sort something. So final bits of news, uh, Paul. We'll start with yourself. You were on GMR. Uh, co-commentating uh, with Trevor. Uh, how was it? Excited? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's not called GMR anymore. It's Radio, oh, Radio Manchester. Now. GMR takes me back to being a kid. Um, yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed it. you got to do a lot of concentrating and you know keep your eyes on the, on the game and that. I mean, you can't, obviously can't start shouting for Solver and that, which is a bit disappointing. But I could see my dad. My dad was there with our imaging, so I could see them from, from where I was. And uh, I enjoyed it. It was great because I met with Imogen after the game and she was buzzing. She's 11 now and this season she's really started to get into to, to watching Solver and she had a picture took with Ryan Briley. So... We've got a little a little Salford fan now as well. I never thought I'd say that, you know, having two girls. I always wanted a lad to take me with to rugby, but, you know, one of my daughters now is really into it. So, uh, so yeah, but Radio Master was good. I enjoyed it and, uh, you know, I'm up for doing all that sort of stuff. Anything you can do to help spread the name of Salford and talk the team up is, is, is a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, talking about... Uh, our other strand uh, of this show, the uh, Sports Zone on Solve City Radio. Solve City Radio managed to reach their target of uh, £20,000 to to get the the, the licence fee for, for the next five years of broadcast. They've done fantastic uh, for, for us, Paul, obviously with training and, and opportunities. And it's great that they've got the, uh, the, the £20,000 to keep them going. Yeah, it was a massive relief when we heard that news and, and like you said, yeah, they, they've done a lot of good work for us and we've done bits of volunteering, but the stuff we've learned from there has been, been great, really. I mean, I really miss going to the studio and meeting up. I mean, it's all right doing it on, on Skype and stuff like that, but you miss, miss that sort of... Uh, you know, meeting up with people, don't you, and that camaraderie and that being in the studio. So uh, hopefully we can get back to doing that sooner rather than later. But it was great, great news to see the station uh, keep going. Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, great community radio, um, and obviously, Salford Red Devils being part of that community. Um, you know, it's a, it's a two way system. Obviously, the 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 radio uh, help help the club. The club obviously, you know, communicate with the radio, and obviously, the community get behind it as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Any, anything that kind of links the community back to the club is always a good thing. And um, yeah, I think um, listening to the shows, listening to like. I remember listening to like things like GMR and stuff like that when I was when I was younger, and um, you know anything that can kind of link and 
you know, build build that that fan base up. Is like I say, it's it's only a good thing, really. So yeah, great. Yeah, and the final bit of news we talk about our uh, Kofi uh, sort of. Um, program that we've, we've, we've kicked off I can't thank you our listeners enough uh, for what you've done uh, you've blown my mind how much how much you've donated uh, to, to us to help us sort of uh, make ends meet with this podcast and uh, hopefully you'll obviously will keep continuing to, to, to donate and buy us coffees and uh, we'll be able to, to expand as a podcast Paul it's a very exciting times yeah you've still not bought me a coffee yet not yet but I didn't I only saw your brief <laughs> what on, did you uh, on Sunday you two, yeah. you were you were being a uh, you were being the star at GMR, which I, I, I need to tell uh, Trevor and, and Jack they're going to cost them thirty thousand coffees if they if they want to make it permanent. We'll have to have one over Easter, won't we? We'll have to have a yeah. brew over Easter. Yeah. Mate. I'm sure we'll have a bit of catch up over Easter. Yeah, well, I say big thanks to everyone who, who who's donated so far, and you know it means the world to me. So big thanks to you this week's uh, podcast. It's been great. Thanks for coming on, Heather and Craig. It's been great talking to you. Really, really, you know, insightful what you were what you were talking about, and it kind of expanded uh, what what's going on. And it was, uh, you know, hopefully people who are listening will will, will <coughs> want to get involved, and it will grow uh, bigger and bigger. Craig. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the vision. And like I say, anyone's interested, anyone's got any questions, anyone wants to volunteer or coach or anything like that, just get in touch with me, and I'll I'll make it happen for you. Yeah, good luck Sunday, Heather. Uh, we'll all be rooting for, for for you and the and the team. Thank you, thank you. Be, and in, like, if anyone wants to come down, we're at Victoria Park from twelve till three. Um, it should be amazing day. Um, it should be a lot of fun. So you know, come down and and see us and see what's going on and what we're about. Yeah, another great show, Paul. Talking all things Salford. Yeah, sorry it was a bit late, but um, yeah, great, great to see you guys, Craig and Ever, and uh, you know, keep up the good work and best wishes for the rest of this season and, and going fu- forward in the future as well. Brilliant. Big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week. Ha, 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 ha.